Hello everyone and welcome to Primius, the down-to-earth Hasidus podcast. Um, today is a very special date. We're recording on Erev Rosh Hashanah, Tovshim So this podcast will be in honor and dedicated to all Am Yisrael and for Hashem to give us Hashanah Tevu Mesuko with the absolute and ultimate sweetness of the Geulah, of the redemption. We shouldn't call it anymore the future redemption, but the current. And talking about that, we couldn't have a more, um, a more Moshiachdik, a more embedded with redemption type of Yom Tev than Rosh Hashanah. Why? If you look in the davening, in Rosh Hashanah we daven, we say Hashem become the king of all humanity. And let all the entire creation recognize you, even the plants, the animals, and of course, humanity, people, and every single living soul should say, you're the king of the universe. When will that be fulfilled? When Moshiach comes. And on that day, we say in Davening in Rosh Hashanah, the tzaddikim will finally rejoice and all the bad and negative and all the corrupt will disappear like, um, um, like smoke into the air and then we'll rejoice with you so Rosh Hashanah is basically a whole big crowning of the king as the God creator of the universe and at the same time the redeemer of Am Yisrael and of the entire humanity with the coming of Moshiach and so much so that the begin- we see that the beginning of it all, Rosh Hashanah is connected straight with the ultimate goal of the entire project. So if the end of the action is always connected with the first and foremost idea that generated it. And that's why also we say in Rosh Hashanah, a postuk from the Nevim, that when the prophets give us all the Nevues about Moshiach, when they were uh, bringing us the news about the future, they weren't just giving you mon- next Monday's newspaper. They were giving you the newspaper of 2,500 years from now. Why would they speak about Nevues that are going to end up happening in so long? The answer is because they weren't just telling us prophecies so we can close our eyes and believe blindly. They were showing us the true north of Yiddishkeit so we can basically walk in that direction and make it happen by ourselves. We have to bring Moshiach. If you don't know what it looks like, you can't do it. But if the Nevim tell you what's going to be happening, then you can provoke it from now with your own avoid, with your own efforts. And that's exactly the point of the Pasuk I'm, I'm going to quote now and explain according to Chesides. It's a wonderful explanation uh, and truly relatable, I think. It says, and it will be on that day, the day of the redemption, a big uh, shefer will be blown. And all those lost in the land of Ashur, Assyria, I think you say in English, and the expelled ones in the land of Mitzrayim, of Egypt, they will come back. And they will bow down to Hashem in the holy mountain in Jerusalem. Basically, it's the posuk that tells us about Kibbutz Goluyos, the reunion 
of the diaspora, of the Golus, of all the Eden from all the places. It says, technically, it says uh, Oshur and Mitzrayim because that was the places of their Goluses until then. If not, if it was today, it would have said, I don't know, San Francisco and Morocco and Buenos Aires. Um, but besides for the literal meaning of Ashur and Mitzrayim and for the literal meaning of that day, a big, a big shepherd will sound and it will take you out of Golus, out of exile. Let's try to understand a little bit what is the spiritual exile um, that we can work on inside of ourselves. Like we said, if we do our part, our avoider, then we, we can bring Moshiach. So what is Golus? And what is Kibbutz Golus? What is it to be in exile or to be reunited back home? So in order to understand this, we'll, we'll analyze it based on uh, also a quote from Davening. This we say every day before Shema Yisrael. We say, um, Bring us in peace from all the four corners of the land to our land. And according to Chesides, the word land, Arzeinu, comes from the word Rotzo, wanting, willing, desiring. So basically, bring us back from the four corners of the land means bring us back, bring me back to my true orets, to my true rotsoin, to my true uh, willpower and desire and identity and gather me from all the four corners of the ident- identity exile. I'll explain what it means. You remember that in Tanya, in a very what word to use? Colorful, graphic, absolute description. The Alter Rebbe defines a sin, an Avero, as someone who takes the head of a king and pushes, put, puts it deep into the full toilet. And it even says with what the toilet is full, but I guess you can imagine it. And then you take the head of the king and you put it deep inside. Why? 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 Is he giving the example in such an absolute way? Uh, such a strong way. Not just to emphasize how bad it is to do an Aveiro. For you to realize what is the, the spiritual consequence of your actions. And it goes like this. Whatever you do, Aveiro or Mitzvah, good or bad, whatever you choose to do, to speak, to think about, you're basically dedicating a piece of your chayus, of your life, of your nefesh, therefore, because time of life equals nefesh inside the goof, and you have only so much of it. And each thing you do, each friend you make, each conversation you hold, um, each uh, trip you take, each purchase in a store, whatever you do, you're basically depositing a little shtickle, a little spark of your neshama inside of something else. Inside of a person, a place, a situation, a job, a relationship. You're dropping pieces of your nefesh all around. Now, if, if you're investing yourself in the right situations and those things are done lishma and for good reasons and with good outcomes, then of course, Baruch Hashem, you... Uh, you deposited, you invested a little part of your energy of your life into that thing. It was worth it. That's called a life well lived.
But if you're wasting, you're not just wasting time. You're depositing pieces of your neshama in different places. And then when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah is reconnecting with the source. But first, before you reconnect with the source, which is Hashem, first you need the pieces of your neshama to reconnect to the source, which is you. You need to pick up yourself from all the different places where you have left yourself hanging. Might be in a toilet or might be somewhere not so bad, but still far and away from its central place. Rosh Hashanah is about going back from Golus, from the Golus of your own inner soul that gets lost into a million different interests or so believed uh, interests or self-convenience or something like that. And we miss our focus and our goal and that could be called something like uh, SADHD, I don't know, spiritual ADHD, that instead of focusing with your own Shomo to the Tachlis, for what it came, it's lost here, there. And now within this concept, there are two types of places where you can lose yourself to. I said lose, I don't know if that's the right expression, but lose yourself to as in like you're, you're letting parts of you be kidnapped by that force and, and, and used because your, your neshama is a, a powerhouse and a piece of it, it's something that the clipper can use. So there are two types of situations, styles of personalities, types of yetzerharas, you can say, that can make two different types of golus for the purity and genuinity of your neshama. And those are Ashur or Mitzrayim. The word Ashur comes from the word Ashrei, which is lucky, fortunate, happiness. Of course, we know that being happy, serving Hashem Besimcha is one of the major concepts of Yiddishkeit. Echsides emphasizes it uh, very uh, strongly. And yet, there is an Ashrei of Kedusha and there is an Ashrei of Klippa. There is one type of feeling fortunate and happy, which is 100% godliness and pure connection with the Maker, with Hashem. And the other type of Ashrei is, a, is an everlasting and never-ending search for a cover-up to the emptiness I feel when I don't connect to my true self. And, and so I want to explain both. The Asher of Kedusha is like that story of the Baal Shem Tov, beautiful story that one of the Talmidim of the Baal Shem Tov, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polno, once came to the Baal Shem Tov and asked them if he can give him a blessing for two things he's requesting. One, he wants to meet Eliyahu Anavi. That was the, the big tzaddikim's uh, big taiva. They, they, I don't know why, they, they would love to meet Eliyahu Anavi and learn with him. Um, even though he was already learning with the Baal Shem Tov, so I wonder. But I guess when you're living in a historical time, you don't realize it is. Anyways, back to the point. Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polno asked the Baal Shem Tov that he wants Gilu Elio, the revelation of Elio and Avi, and one more thing, um, to be able to work on his kpeda. It's known that uh, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polno was very... I say Capadon, a person very demanding, perfectionist, serious, and, and of a passionate temper, so to speak. 
And so he asked the Baal Shem Tov to, you know, to have a bracha to calm his personality down. So he asked for two things, Eliyahu Anovi, and how to be more calm. And so the Baal Shem Tov told him, I'll grant you both. You get a bracha. Good. Later, when he was going, traveling back home, um, he's driving his wagon, whatever, and he sees a Jew walking Aid, like by foot in the middle of the forest, long, long distances. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? Where, where are you heading? There and there. And you don't have whatever, a means of transport or something? Come, come, I'll give you a tramp. He's like, okay, thanks. He goes on and he sits on the floor with his feet outside, you know, like the kids like to, you know, hanging fitzes. <laughs> and so he's sitting like in a weird way. And Rabbi Yaakov Yosef tells him like, Ravid, why, why don't you come and sit normally? Like, I mean, there is a, whatever, a chair, a bench. Come, come next to me. And he looks at him and he says, look, I'll tell you a pirush on the posuk, Asher Om Shekocholoi. Asher Om fortunate is the people who's the person who can say he's truly fortunate in this life that however life happens it's good for him who can really be happy that in whichever however it is that things pan out you're still fine and happy because you know it all comes from Hashem so it's all, all the way it should be just like I heard the other day that Rav Shleim Chaim Keseman, the big mashpia in, in Kfar Chabad, many years ago, was asked by a bocher how, how to be able to be besimcha, to be happy. He was a kid who, who had always tendency to, you know, to let things affect them and, and be too sensitive to things. And he would get sad often. And so he asked the mashpia, how is it possible, how, how is it that you do how to get to be besimcha? And the Mashpia answered, I'm going to answer you something that you're not going to understand. And then in 10 years, a little bit, in 20, you'll not. As, as you grow older, you'll understand each time more and more what I'm saying. The only way to be besimcha, the only way to be happy in life, is to choose to be happy. And I know you don't understand what I'm saying. That was the answer. Simcha is a choice. It's an attitude. And that ashray, that's the ashray of Kedusha. To be always thankful for life and connected with Hashem and living at its full, at its fullest. But then there is an ashray of Klippa. The, the, the person that's looking for quick, immediate, uh, easy happiness. Shortcuts. <laughs> that's why we call it Klippa, right? What's a Klippa? The shell the peel of the fruit. And if you're, if you're too hungry and you want it right away, you'll eat it straight without peeling it. You'll eat the peel of the banana too because you, you want to get it faster. So whenever we look for fast uh, gratification, we end up crushing ourselves against some clipper that doesn't really quite do it for us. And then because we feel empty again, we search for the next uh, meaningless, fast, um, pleasure and try to call it try to convert it and try to be megayer the empty pleasure and call it enjoyment or happiness and that, that's not what it is that's a clipper of Ashur 
When a person is too much into those things that supposedly promise him the happiness that he should have realized that after running after it forever and it hasn't made you happy, it won't make it from now on. If it didn't work for the past 20, 30, 40 years, it won't work from now on. And yet you keep on going to it and depositing little sparks of your neshama into those things. That's the goal of Oshur. And then we have the goal of Mitzrayim, which is the exact opposite of this. Mitzrayim is Miloshon, comes from the word Meitzar, narrowness. When somebody's of a narrow-minded, the opposite of Ashrei. Ashrei is the guy who's like, eh, reckless, careless, let's enjoy, YOLO. You know, you only live once, they say. Here in Israel, there is a chocolate pudding called YOLO. It's actually very tasty. And people love it. And, and, and interesting, the, the product has a message. It's called YOLO because, you know, I know it's not so healthy, but <laughs> you only live once. What the heck? Eat it. That's the advertising. That's it. The, 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 the message, subconscious message of the title of the product. Now, what's amazing is that if it's true that you only live once, and it's true that life is limited, the least thing you should be doing is ruining it with something unhealthy. <laughs> what are you eating the thingy for? So the, the little bit of YOLO you got, you're going to ruin it too? Anyways, back to our point. That's a clip of, me, uh, of Asher. Asher is like, ah, yeah, let's enjoy you only live once. And you're running after But that's not the problem. The problem is that you're running after something that's empty. It won't give anything in return. And it will just make you feel even emptier. And then you look for the next uh, instant gratification that will not give you anything. Then there is the other clipper, which is Mitzrayim. It's the absolute opposite. The person who puts itself down, extremely demanding, tough, nothing's ever enough. It will never be happy with anything. It's called Torus Ein. To have a, a narrow vision, a narrow eye, to look at life from a very narrow perspective. Uh, somebody who's, um, I don't know, cheap and doesn't know how to give um, is within this category. Somebody who's overly um, quick to anger is in this category. A perfectionist is in this category. And those uh, types of uh, attitudes in life, they're also a golus. We tend to think that the big sinners are only those who are like, hey, hey, let's party. But it's not true. There is other types of sins. There's other types of golus, other types of experiences that are off the line, just to the left side and not to the right. It's, that's how it's called in, not in the modern political terms, but um, that's how it's called in Zoyar. Because Gvuro is in the left and Chesed is in the right. So the... The clippers of chesed also look like chesed. Enjoyment, empty, empty enjoyment and happiness. And the clippers of gvuro, they're, they're clipping in the style of gvuro, which is like um, um, strictness. I'm looking for a word. In any case, some of us have the luck to have been in all the exiles and have it's a horror for this side and for that side. But the main point here is how you get out of it. Either, say, if you're in the, in the clip of Osher or in the type of Golus of Mitzrayim, how do you get out of it? What is the Shoy for Godoil? The Shoy for is 
Well, it says in Posuk, Minameitzol Korosiko, Anoni Bamelchavko. From the oppression, from the narrowness of oppression, I call upon you, Hashem. Answer me, please, with your Merchav, with your uh, wideness, openness, blessing, open blessings. And the Rebbe Maharaj says that this Posuk refers exactly to the Shoifor and to uh, the, the, the emotional, the the intellectual and emotional work that we do in ourselves in Rosh Hashanah. The Shefer is at one end very narrow, in the other end is wider, much wider. And that's how the beautiful sound of the Primus and Neshama that comes from the Shefer is created, by pushing hard on the narrow, on the narrow side and then coming out victoriously on the wide, on the openness, on the big side. You see, narrow and wide, it's connected to Oshur and Mitzrayim. Just this is in Klippa, this is in Kedusha. And the way to go from narrow to wide, says the Rebbe Maharaj, is to start. How do we get the sound? If you start from the narrow part and then you blow into the wide. If you do it backwards, you won't get any sound. And the same way, that's why in Rosh Hashanah, we exercise our bitul. A whole week before Rosh Hashanah, we stand in front of Hashem and we dare to recognize our mistakes. Who does that anymore? It's not in vogue, not in, good, not in fashion, not acceptable. Instead of admitting to mistakes, you have to make a new theory where my mistakes are actually mitzvahs. And the whole world should appreciate my mistakes and my wrongdoings as a new uh, modern post-modern uh, way of perfect life. And here we stand a whole week in front of Hashem and say, look, I messed up with myself, with others, with you. That's why we say, How do you fix this? With tshuva, which is going back to yourself, fixing your relationship with yourself. Tfilo, prayer is fixing your relationship with Hashem. Utsdoko is fixing your relationship with your fellow Jew. You do that, and you know that Ma'avinus Reagzeiro, Akosh Wurku, will give you a tear. But first, before you get to the wide, to the wide open blessing and Harchovo, first you need to be able to feel narrow, to see your narrowness face to face. Dare, dare it. Um, the, the, trying to defy, I'm looking for the words, trying to defy your own narrowness. How? By using the Kedusha, the right and correct feeling of bitul, of narrowness in front of Hashem. Humbleness in front of Hashem. And if you do that, you will for sure get the Harchobo. Ononi Bamerchov, answer me Hashem with a wide blessing. And what is that wide blessing? So first of all, to have a lot of in family matters, life and health, and parnoso, financial, that Aid should be Beharchova. And what do we use the Archova for? To do the Tekabeshe for God to prepare ourselves and the world for the coming of Mashiach, which is, like we said in the beginning, what we're davening for in Rosh Hashanah. Thank you very much for being there. And Aksibo Aksimotebo, Lechonotebo Mesuko with all the blessings in a revealed manner. Till next year.